The year is 1929. And... You stole my bit. I wanted to do it this okay. time. I think I did it really good. What's your fun fact? I think you did great too. Thank you. My fun fact was 7-Up was created in 1929. Um, and when it was created, it was called... Uh, oops. Bib Label Lithiated Lemon Lime Soda. It was launched two weeks before the Wall Street crash, and it contained lithium citrate, a mood-stabilizing drug. Yeah, I think people still take lithium as, like, a mood stabilizer. And it was... That drug was in the soda until the year 1948. That's wild. Yeah. Um, do you know why they changed the name to 7-Up? No. Because it came in 7-ounce bottles. Oh, that makes sense. And it made you feel... Up. I don't know if that's true, but it did come in seven ounce bottles. Um, here's my fun fact. It was not my addition to your fun fact. Uh, Mickey Mouse was the first ever cartoon character to speak in The Carnival Kid. His first words were, hot dogs! <laughs> nice. Uh, and the fact that happened, or the fact that happened, the fact that matters for our podcast uh, is Seventh Heaven won Best Director in 1929. That's right. It certainly did. Time on that pictures presents Seventh Heaven. We'll be your critics. I'm Mavis Evergreen. Uh, I'm gonna try to look at things with a feminist and progressive gaze. That's it. Progressive gaze. Progressive and gay at me. And, um. Uh, my name is Andy Reyes. I'll be looking at uh, a lot of these movies either from an uh, immigrant perspective or just from like kind of a technical perspective, if I can provide some like context in case some of these movies are actually doing something that's like actually interesting. But primarily I'll be attacking uh, social issues. Seventh Heaven is a black and white silent film directed by Frank Borzaggi and released in 1927. The movie is about sewer boy chico played by charles farrell who wishes to be a street man and prostitute diane played by janet gaynor who has no goals or ambitions whatsoever uh to give a little bit of context to when this movie came out it was there are quotations a big deal that this uh director was writing telling a story about poor people it was considered kind of a faux pas. Hollywood tended to be, like, very, like, oh, we tell rich and glamorous stories. Mm -hmm. And so it was... I can't imagine Hollywood being elitist. Elitist Hollywood? Oh. Yeah, so it was a... I think it's a big part of why he won Best Director is because he was doing this taboo thing, telling a poor story. Like, Frank Borzaggi as a director, his entire, like... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Filmography. No, like, his style, I guess. Mm -hmm. his His, like, oeuvre, that's the word. It is all movies that are about poor people and two people falling in love in the midst of tragedy. He also just hates women, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, like all men in the 1920s. That's true. Um, I'm going to keep reading yeah, my, keep, my little summary. Keep continuing with your summary. Um, uh, this, the sewer boy, uh, after wishing it to be true, does in fact become a street man and decides to adopt Diane... And by adopt, we mean gets blackmailed into it, uh, into taking care of her by the police after uh, he tries to protect her from being arrested. She becomes entirely dependent on him, uh, basically being a live-in servant who provides for him and gives him free domestic labor. 
uh, for no benefit, a.k.a. his wife. Uh, they fall in love, I guess, and then he goes off to war. Yeah. A bunch of boring war scenes happen. She gets hit on by a gross dude while working in a munitions factory. Her abusive prostitute sister comes back, and I don't remember why this matters. But also, she finds out that her husband is dead, and he died in the war. And at this point, gross hit-on man is like, see, you should marry me. And she's just like, sure, I'll fall into this next captor's arms. But wait, he's not dead. He's just blind. So he yells his way home, and they hug. I think they make out at the end. But yeah, they're like together now. Yeah. Now they're like really in love. And she's like, I'll be your eyes. Mm -hmm. And 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 he's like, I'm glad I can remember you beautiful and I don't have to watch you age, you disgusting human. And 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 he's like, really, that that is the the lifestyle of a remarkable man. Remarkable man. Okay. So at the beginning of this movie, there's like a caricature of a man. And we're not sure what the caricature is. So like if, if you want to kind of, like, over history, we've had this caricature of, like, Jim Sleazebago, right? Which is the, the actual name of a Star Wars character. But, um, like, this idea, this, like, this caricature of a person who is, like, a sleazebag, who is poor. And there are certain traits that are, like, attached to that type of caricature. And the thing is, is, like, historically, we've seen it throughout history applied to, recently, applied to um, people who are Hispanic or Asian. Um, depending on, like, the era of film you're watching, I think in the, like, 70s and the 80s, you really saw it really get applied to, um, a lot of really incredibly racist, um, caricatures of, like, poor Chinese immigrants. More recently, you see it applied to people who are Hispanic, um, but you also saw it applied to people who are Hispanic, like, way back in the, like, 50s and 60s in, like, cowboy movies. Yeah, you'll see it applied to people who are, like, Jewish. Yes, in the, in the, like, maybe, and maybe that's what he's supposed to be, is Jewish? The thing is... is that era, right? I'm not sure. It's very unclear what he's supposed to be, but we, like, you understand that he's supposed to be, like, a racist, disgusting character. The, the, The language of racism is, like, so unimaginative that to see it here on this character transplanted without, like, context... Like, to just feel racist intent coming off of this caricature in waves and really not understand who it's directed towards. It's like, they, they, like, racism has really been speaking this, like, one language visually for so long. And it's just so wild to be, like, so out of touch with this that we don't even know what they're trying to, like, be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. Because they've given that person nothing, right? They've given them nothing of their heritage. So they're blank because they're just these gross things that... We don't really know what they're trying to say. This movie happens in France. Yeah, Paris, France. In Paris, France. Uh, but it's written and directed by someone who grew up in America. So, like, who's to say? Mm-hmm. Who was of, I believe, Italian descent? Yeah, he was of Italian descent. Well, Italian and Swiss. Yeah. Which is a wild combo. Um, that was back when that happened. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely, like, super weird. Um, this is also... In- oh, Mm-hmm. And and also this movie is based on a play. Yeah, that's right. True. So so I think I think part of the reason why like this movie got got made is because you have this play that's about like a play also like traditionally very fond of like portraying people in poverty as like tragic heroes. Yeah. Um, but not really tackling any of the reasons they're in poverty, poverty. or what it means. 
or why the system is this way, or asking any interesting questions. This movie asks no interesting questions. No, this movie dares to ask the question, what if a man decided to fall in love with a woman and it's so brave? So, um, we're also introduced to, like, Gobbin pretty early on. He has maybe the worst name, but is, like, the best character, but even he's still a problematic fave. I think you mean the best name. His name is Gobbin. <laughs> His name is Gobbin. I'm sorry, did you say Gobbin? If there was a fucking hobbit in Lord of the Rings named Gobbin, he would be my favorite character. It's true. Um, yeah, yeah the guy is, like... This so this guy is like a caricature that I do understand. Yeah. Like he because because we still see it today. He is a he is a union man, right? Like he calls everybody comrade. He's all about like I'm like I'm here to work and my job is to work and I'm proud of being a working man. And it's, he like loves his wife. Mm-hmm. Good he, for him. D- he 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 definitely. Like, everyone in this movie looks down on women, and Gobbin does the same thing, right? Yeah. Where he's like, women are too weak to understand the struggles of men. And that sucks, so Gobbin, problematic faith. But he's, like, mm-hmm. one of the only even tangibly likable characters in this movie. Well, because, like, at the beginning, like, we see him, like, later in the movie, like, when he... in Like, right after that scene where he's like, ah, oh, women are weak and blah, blah, yeah. blah. He, like, is feeding her soup and crying. Yeah. Because he's like, I can't believe I have to go off to war. With my sick wife. With my sick wife. And for a second I was like, oh my god, does his wife have like cancer or something? I I but I she's I pieced it together afterwards. When we see the picture of the bait, she's she just gave birth, that's why she's sick. Oh but the movie doesn't tell you that. that. No. So there's so we we know that he has a sick wife, and we know that, like, the one thing our our main love interest has ever done for herself is help feed this sick wife. And later on, when the men are at war, you see these two women and a baby, which makes it seem like they've had, like, a lesbian tryst and stolen a baby. Mm-hmm. But I think she was sick. She had had a baby. Yeah, I mean, they also have fucking food Santa just coming by and, like, shaking food off of himself like he's a fucking Christmas tree. Yeah, who, like, loves his car and is like, oh, no, you yeah. can't hurt her. I don't think cars she's, are women. She's too old to go to war. Yeah. But then I guess he becomes a war hero? I don't know. Yeah, he's definitely also a caricature of, like, the jolly fat man who doesn't go to war and is, like, I don't know. It's I, I think the implication is that he's old because he's a taxi driver. Um, Maybe. But he's, like, clearly way older than any of the other characters on screen. So There's also a priest. Oh, uh, we'll get to the priest. We'll yeah. get to the priest. Um, this movie's very pro-religion. It's just a central theme throughout the movie is yeah, like, well, if I'm... you're an atheist, you're wrong and religion is great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. This movie has a very weird... Take. Weird stance. So, our main character, Diane, is implied to be a prostitute? Uh, she has an abusive older sister, and we're introduced to her, like, selling a watch to get alcohol, so you're like, okay, they're addicts, they're poor, this is what I can piece together. But later on... Like, her great-uncle is like, oh, have you stayed pure? If you've stayed pure, you can come oh, into my house. yeah, that's right. This motherfucker's like, I only adopt virgins. Yeah, and I guess the, the way the movie portrays it is Diane is so innocent that she can't lie. So she's like, no, papa, uncle, we are not pure. Mm-hmm. And so they stay in poverty, and the sister's super upset about it. And it's like... You can have her be a prostitute, but also have her be, like, this naive child. That's really gross, for one, but also just doesn't make sense. Like, she cannot be a street woman 
who has to get by on her own like body and wit, yeah. but also be too pure to lie. It's also it it very it, it very much feels like there was like a curse placed upon her. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just doesn't make any sense. No. Um, but also, I love when a man comes to your house and is like, tell me if you're virginal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, it's, uncle, it's I don't think super... you have a right to know and that. there's this, like, officer with them. He's the creepo. He's yeah. creepy dude. And this is, like, the first... This is, like... We don't see him in the movie again for, like, an, for, like 40 minutes until he comes back to, like, hit this on her. This is a two-hour-long jo- movie. At her job. At her fucking job. Yeah. But he shows up here, and at the end of it, when they're like, we can't adopt you because you're filthy whores, and they walk out, he kind of just, like, looks back like, but she's hot, though. Oh, well, and then he leaves. and, he, and <laughs> Yeah. And then he comes back at the end of the movie. To be like, hey, but you're hot, though. But you're hot, though. And it's like, you've done nothing. <laughs> um, you've done less than this other man who's done nothing. So she's chased out onto the street by the sister and, like, left in the gutter. <laughs> and, well, so, because, like, Chico basically almost murders her sister. Yeah, so Chico, like, rescues her? But then after he's done, like, getting the sister off of her, leaves her in the gutter and is like, God, I hate fucking gutter trash. Go somewhere else. You're obscuring the view. A life like that isn't worth living. Yeah. Or saving. Sorry. So she tries to commit suicide with his, like, knife because she has nothing left to live for. And he literally grabs the knife and is like, don't dirty my blade, whore. No, you don't put your whore blood on my pure knife. It's wild it is such a bananas way to start this movie and i don't feel like i need to say this but it makes our main love interest not very likable because all this woman's done is like be poor and try to survive like this this motherfucker's like character is essentially boiled down to two things uh i i am believe very highly of myself and i believe incredibly lowly of everyone else yeah so his catchphrase uh if you'll do the honors andy uh, as a shitty man, um, that is the, his catchphrase is, I am a truly remarkable fellow. Yeah. He says it all the time and you're like, no, I get it. You're super fucking egotistical. He's like, he's like the equivalent of those dudes who walk around like, but I'm the protagonist. Yeah. And it's like, fuck off. That's literally his character trait. So the police come by and they're like, we're going to arrest you for being a prostitute. And... Suddenly, she gains the ability to lie, and she's like, okay, well, to be fair, Chico is like, no, she's my wife, because I guess he has a conscience now, and she gains the ability to lie for, like, four seconds, and is like, yes, that's my husband. I know I couldn't lie before, because I was too naive, but now that the plot needs it, I have the ability to self-care and lie. Mm -hmm. The police officer is like, well, I'll go check. I'm going to go check up on you later to make sure that you're, you're married. Old. Which. She could have just left town. Like, she could have just moved, right? Like, what's the police officer going to do? Like, leave his jurisdiction? She has nothing here for mm-hmm. her. But anyways, they but... end up living together because mm-hmm. of this shenanigan. Yeah. And there's only one bed. Now, so. The, there the, is only one bed. Just a sidebar here, though. Like, when the, there is, like, one incredibly good technical shot in this movie. Well, there's two. But this, this is the first one. Which is uh, when they walk into his apartment building, uh, they start walking up the stairs and the camera like follows them up the the side of the building. But like you can see through the walls and it looks really cool. It feels very video gamey in a way. Um, and the entire time they're walking up, 
he's like he's basically dragging her along like she's yeah, a fucking marionette. Yeah, he is manhandling her, and it's so gross. Like he hates this woman. After the police officer is like, "I'm gonna check up on you," he's like, "Oh, I've made a terrible decision. Why would I do this? You're fucking disgusting. You can't live at my house." Um, and like obviously he doesn't curse, but like he doesn't think anything of this woman, and he's like super angry that she has to live with him, and it, it's just really gross. Because he's, like, literally pulling her arm up all of these stairs. And mm. it's just, like, this dynamic literally is just super bad. Mm -hmm. There's nothing romantic about the situation. Um, but the shot is very impressive. That doesn't really... I just really like the shot. No, it is yeah. an impressive shot. Especially for the time it came out. Yeah. Um, which is, I, I think I think the reason why this guy, like, won Best Director. Because this, this film looks objectively worse... Oh, yeah. ...than Wings... It, it really, it, it just, it looked, maybe, and maybe it's because it didn't get restored, so it just doesn't have that crispness to it. It feels very, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this phrase on the internet, but it feels very, like, deep-fried meme. Yeah. Like, just very, like, dirty and, like, not sharp at all and very fuzzy, but... The acting in this movie is also a lot worse than... Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not as subtle or nuance but but the the movie has like kind of a the movie has like a clear-cut theme and everything it does tries to support that theme and there's a lot of technically impressive shots in the movie only two of them that i think are actually actually interesting which is this one the staircase one and then um the exact same shot later but different um are very good and i think that's why he won best director it's just like oh wow this guy's like uh, this guy's like knows his way around a camera um, but part of the reason why this is important is because they walk up these seven flights of stairs to his little quote unquote slice of heaven in Paris. And that's why this movie is called Seventh Heaven. Yeah. Title drop Seventh Heaven. Mm -hmm. They get to the room and she's like, oh my God, it's heaven here. Oh. Uh. And he's like, I may work in the sewers, but I live near the stars. So it's at this point that she's like, there's only one bed. And he, like, sleeps on the floor because he's such a courteous gentleman. And it's like, wow, you've done one and a half nice things. This does not make up for anything. Also, it doesn't feel like a gentlemanly move, specifically because, like, he, he thinks she's super gross. So it reads more like, I couldn't even be bothered to share a bed with you than, like, I'm such a gentleman, I'm going to sleep on the floor. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm sure that's what they're trying to depict it as. Also... This movie has, like, really strong religious connotations. And she's, like, undressing to sleep in, like, her underwear or whatever. Like, her bloomers. It's not that risque. But, um, he, like, brings her, like, a very long gown and is, like, sleep in this. Which I'm not sure if he stole or borrowed because he goes into Gobbin's house to get it. We find out later that he goes to Gobbin's house. At the time, we thought he just stole it, though. So, like, you're not even that above her as a poor person. So, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to, like, what that interaction was. Yeah, it's, at the time, s seems like theft. Later on, we find out that, like, their houses are connected via rooftops, so who's to say? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's very much from, like, oh, isn't she, like, a proper lady now that I can't see her legs? Which is just, mm -hmm. reads a super body shamey of, mm -hmm. like, oh, she's a slut because her skin was out, but now that we've covered her skin, she's no longer a prostitute. Mm -hmm. um, moving up in the world. Moving up in the world now that she's finally been covered up. Uh, it's from here on that she starts doing, like, a lot of, like, housewife things. And by that, I just mean, like, manual labor. Yeah, this is really kind of where the core of the movie 
the core of the movie's like attempt to build their relationship is and it really is just like this guy getting used to her being his domestic servant yeah and, and it's it's like it's like 20 minutes of him just being like oh this is actually kind of nice i could get used to this step away whore yeah like she literally makes him coffee in the morning and it's like i've made you coffee as a thank you uh and he's just like oh my god i would never drink your whore coffee I, I'm gonna kick you out the minute that police guy comes in. I don't care what you do. And, like, for a large part of their relationship while she's doing a bunch of these, like, servant tasks, he's lording the fact that, like, as soon she's as, on a time limit yeah, and as, he's gonna kick her out. And it's, like, this woman desperately trying to grasp, like, any semblance of stability while this man has all of the power in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And then this man being framed as the hero for being so courteous to her mm -hmm. by letting her scrub the floors for her right to live. Yeah. It's... Isn't that stepping up in the world? Instead it... of being on your knees, you get to be on your knees. Oh, I guess it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just super gross. The movie really frames it as like, isn't it romantic? She's like a real bride now mm -hmm. that she's cutting his hair and cleaning his house. And making him dinner. Yeah, because this all culminates in, like, the cop comes to the house while she's cutting his hair. Mm -hmm. And is like, I guess you two are married. Well, bye. And it's like, I feel like that was not really a good investigation. No. So she, like, puts down the scissors. She trades in the domestic scissors and adopts the shawl of homelessness. And starts walking away. And he's like... Finish cutting my hair. Like, and I thought that's where it was going to end. I literally I, thought he was going to kick her out after like, she was whoa, done with the haircut. Whoa, whoa, hold up. You got to finish cutting my hair first, though. It, it, the music swells here, so it's like, I've accepted that you can stay. But he doesn't say that. What he says is, finish cutting my hair. Mm -hmm. And then after that, he's like, I've gotten used to you being around. I guess you can stay. stay. And it's like... She's still on this precipice, though, of, like, if she ever makes you mad, she's risking being homeless again. And, like, it's so gross because it's, like, according to the movie, she loves him. But, like, no, that's just fear, my dude. Like, she has to make sure you're happy at all times. Otherwise, you could just kick her out because mm -hmm. you don't care about her. I mean, it really speaks to, like, to the, the dangers of being in in a domestic relationship even today right yeah. is that like is is that women have no no power in a lot of these relationships and even like the structure of like how we define marriage legally often means that women don't have much legal ability to defend themselves either so it's like super just like that just that yeah. just like taken to this apex um so after this we watch a priest abduct a child and the movie, it's not, it's, this has nothing to do with the movie. It's just a thing that he's doing in the middle of a scene where I don't even know what the scene is. It just cuts to him just like scooping up this child and like running away with him. And I'm just like, all right, this is a little sinister in the year of our Lord 2021, but go off, I guess. Uh, do you want to talk about like the religious stuff that's kind of happened interspurtingly throughout this movie? This movie's so fucking weird when it comes to religion. Like, um, so the movie takes place in France. And we're talking 1920s, so this is it. This is you know this is like a couple hundred years after the many French revolutions. But France at this point has a very turbid relationship with the Catholic Church. So you have this cardinal running around, and and the movie's message is weird because the cardinal is our primary conduit 
in this movie for religion. He yeah. represents religion. Um, but he doesn't really represent religion as an institution because the movie doesn't care about that. Instead, the movie's more concerned with the fact that this guy doesn't believe in God. Yeah. So Our this, main character. Who is a proclaimed yeah. atheist is constantly like, you know, like, I don't believe in God and I'm proud of not believing in God. And that's supposed to be a bad thing. But and, honestly, it's one of the only likable things about him. And the movie, yeah, there's nothing quite like somebody who doesn't believe in God and also thinks that women are trash. Okay, well, <laughs> I was trying to give this man no, a bone. No, he gets nothing. No bones. No bones for this man. Um, all floofy hair, no bones. Um, this, But, like, it's it's so weird because the movie is so, like, obsessed with the fact that this guy needs to believe in God. It doesn't matter if he doesn't believe in the church, if he doesn't donate. As long as at the end of the movie he believes in God, then we have fixed him. It seems to be the movie's only problem with him, which is wild because even at the end of the movie, he doesn't really believe in God so much as he's like, listen, God, this is the time for me to believe in you if I'm going to do it. But it doesn't really conclude with anything. So there's just like all this religiousness like peppered into this movie like a fucking like gross flavor. But the movie doesn't concern itself with, like, the trappings of religion as an institution or the reasons why people in poverty might or might not believe in God. Because because Diane believes in God. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So Diane believes in God. And there is a scene in which Diane is lying in a gutter. And our boy Chico is, like, sitting with his pals talking about how he wants to be a street sweeper. And the religious cardinal comes up and he's like, Hi! I see there's a girl lying in a gutter, but Chico, you said you said you were atheist, so I'm going to give you your job as a street sweeper, and you can thank God for that. And then, like, steps over this woman in a gutter and is like, ah, Liter- she's a prostitute. Literally steps over, like, lifts up his fucking, his fucking skirt, like, oh, I can't let any part of me touch her. I, yeah, and it's wild, because the movie only cares about Chico, and mm-hmm. this cardinal doesn't give a shit about like these women at all in a way that's accurate but still like it's it's just wild um and it's one of those things where it's like i don't think it means to point out the hypocrisy of religion but like it does that too in this scene where it's like this prostitute don't care about her but this working man he should believe in god Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's i don't know it's so weird it's it very much gives off like the energy of like the secret right like as long as you believe in god and put that energy out into the universe the universe will reward you yeah and it's like i don't know it's like it it sucks because now it's like chico hasn't done anything to be positive as a character because everything in this movie literally gets handed to him yeah like like oh you want to be a street sweeper well you don't have to work for that here you go you just get that oh you want to marry a beautiful woman well you don't think she's beautiful but you will later so here you go you just get that yeah oh you want to like move up in the world and rise above your station even now after your street sweeper well here you go you get to be a war hero you just get that and like we don't see him earn any of this he just gets it. He's constantly getting and getting and getting, and he's, like, never satisfied. He's like, no, I'm the protagonist, so I deserve more. And, like, like watching somebody who has done nothing, who, who, in the eyes of the viewer, right? Like, the movie doesn't show him working towards more. It just shows him wanting more and then getting it. And it's like, that's not, like, that's not how poverty works, right? Yeah. Like, people who are in poverty work, 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 and a lot of them just don't get a break. A lot of them don't get lucky. And this guy is lucky to the point of almost absurdity. But there's also, like, I feel like in a lot of stories, 
you have the like, oh, maybe, maybe you happened upon this, but you happened upon it because you did something. Like, maybe you're absurdly kind, and this kindness has bestowed you this thing. But Chico is none of those things. He's not kind. He's not smart. He's not even that hardworking. Like, he literally just gets handed things because he's, like, a hot male dude Mm -hmm. and the protagonist of this movie. Like, I cannot emphasize how this man has no qualities other than confidence. But his confidence isn't even what it earns in stuff, right? It's not like, oh, I was confident in in the face of something scary. Like, literally nothing. He's just egotistical. The one time time he is confident in the face of something scary, he gets, like, blown up by a bomb and goes blind. That's true. And dies, which, I don't know, it really goes to show that this cardinal really isn't good at anything because he can't even proclaim a body dead accurately. That's true. Back to, like, the gross sexism in this movie. Um, before they go off to war, uh, she gets, like, a... He buys her a dress, like, a, 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 wedding, a wedding dress. And she starts, like, freaking out about it. And he's like, oh, shouldn't you be happy? Why aren't you smiling? Um, and she's like, well, you don't love me. And, like... One of the only times she really gets to have a character that isn't like, I'm just so happy to be sweeping your floors. Let me kiss your feet. Mm. Um, she's like, well, I'm not happy because you don't, you don't love me and I don't want to get married if you don't love me. Is like the implication, right? Uh, she doesn't actually get to say that many words. And so Chico is in this place now, right? Where like, he just has to be like, I do love you. Literally all he has to do is say, I love you. And like, like it's not that hard. And he can't. He can do it. He can say he loves her. I think they end up saying, like, something dumb, like... Chico, Diane, heaven. Oh, yeah. And that becomes their, like, way of saying I love you. Because he's too manly to say I love yeah, you? Yeah, that's the implication. Saying I love you is for the gays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the implication that he makes is that he's too much of a man, a remarkable fella, to say something so corny. As I love As you. I love you, which is, like, so... It's it's very it's very like twentieth century nice guy in a way that this movie did not know existed. <laughs> um, but he finds out like two seconds later that he's gonna go off to war and never see her again. So so then he cries and says, "I love you." Oh my god! There's a scene right where Gobbin comes over and is like, "We can't tell the women about the war." Like apparently this war has been a huge secret and the women and, haven't heard about it. They haven't heard about it. But also we're leaving in four hours. And the way this but the way this is framed. So it's shot with, like, Gobbin and Chico talking about the war. And then it is countershot with these two women literally talking about shoes. And it's just like, wow, you're really showing what you think women are. Just idiots who have never read a newspaper or listened to the news and being like, oh, yes, isn't it sparkly? I'm like a pigeon. And Uh, that's the thing is I think this movie is very intentional, right? This This movie is making the point that, like, like, and, and like, I don't agree with this, but this is what the movie is saying, which is that, isn't it so great that these two, like, men are talking about this terrible thing and letting the women live in this, like, fantasy land? God. And it's like, it sucks, but the movie is clearly trying to do that intentionally. Oh, no, I think that's definitely true. The movie does do something, something really cool here, I, or at least I think it's really cool. And I kind of wish more movies did this. It, like, shows you this poster that's like the war. It's like a recruitment poster for the war. It's World War One, by the way. Um... And again, but um, it shows you this recruitment poster for the war and it's completely in French. And then the movie like slowly fades from that to a poster that's exactly the same, but in English. And I thought that was really cool. Like, oh, so we know that they're in France 
because I kind of forgot at this point in the movie that they were in France. I remember it, it reminded me like, oh, they're in France, but then it translates to English so that I can read it. And I thought that was really cool. And I think more movies should do stuff like that, right? Like how cool would it be to watch a movie that's like set in, um, I don't know, any other country that doesn't speak English. And like you get that effect of like a poster being in its native language and then fading into the translation in English so that you can understand what it's saying. It's a visual way of like of doing it that isn't just like showing you a poster and then slapping and fucking huge letters over it. This is what it says, you fucking dumbass. <laughs> Paris. That's where we are. You know, words big enough to cover the entire screen. So following this, we get just so many boring war shots. Uh, if we thought the last airplane movie had boring war shots, boy, were we wrong. Were we, these were movie, we wrong? This movie is just people marching. It's just a lot of people walking around in like vaguely square formations being not, like, whoa. But it's not even interesting. Like the other one where we like like got little stories in it, like of yeah. the guy who gets a smoke but then dies while smoking. Yeah. We don't get that. We just get a bunch of people just walking around. At the speed of sound. But, like, the quality is so low and shitty, and, like, there's nothing interesting happening mm. here. No. It's just, no. just, just, like, 30 minutes of just solid people just walking and driving to places. Um, so while this is happening, uh, and, so this is happening, but our, Diane is still in her wedding dress, I guess we have to assume it's been multiple days and she just hasn't taken it off. She has two outfits. She has two out. That's true. She has two outfits, and one of them is for like prostitutes. So, uh, her sister like returns out of nowhere, and is like, "I'm gonna abuse you some more because I'm mad that I went to prison and now, you didn't." Now that your husband, who who literally threatened to kill me, is gone, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, and this is supposed to be like a big character moment for Diane. She stands up for herself. Finally, a man. All she needed was a man to teach her how to be brave. Yeah, but it is literally that, like, also, but also she doesn't so much, like, she doesn't, like, stand up for herself and, like, kick the sister out and, like, has the confidence. She just, like, starts fucking beating her she, sister. Feminism is beating the shit out of your sister. So she doesn't really learn a lesson so much as she just kind of becomes an abuser. Yeah. And there are some moments, right, where, like, you've been abused and it's, like, a really big comeback moment when you, like, hit them back, right? But it's not that. No. This... It's framed as her, like, beating the shit out of her sister as her sister's, like, curled up on the floor. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, and when she finally, like, gets her fill, she's like, leave. And it's you like... dirty she, slut. She, you, could have had, you could have told her to leave a while ago. Yeah, and I, I feel like she has a line that's like, this was all possible thanks to Chico. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I channeled I would... the beatings Chico gave me into this. To be fair, Chico's never never framed beating her. He he never hits her. That we see. Um, But it was funny. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of boring worship here. There's so much boring worship. It it is so profoundly uninteresting and has nothing to do with the movie, really. Uh, Um, So I kind of want to just... I feel like we can skip to the only war scene that matters, which is there being a bomb and Chico being like, I'm the main character. They're literally tasked with, like, doing oh, chemical warfare or something. Yeah, they're spraying, like, mustard gas in the trenches. And well, Chico's like, I'm very good with a hose because I was a street man. I think I'm... Or, or just hosing no, people no, down. Know our way around a hose, which fucking... Yeah, man, so do I. It doesn't make me special. But 
The um, he knows his way around a hose. Looks at wife. She was a prostitute. Get it? <laughs> what? Like a hoe? No. Oh, yeah. Okay, I get it now. Thank you. Um. So Goblin's like, don't call my wife a hoe. Don't call your wife a hoe. What's wrong with you? But anyway, they're like doing chemical. They're like doing war crimes, and like a fucking like, but like bomb lands next to Gobbin and you're like, fuck, Gobbin's dead. That fucking sucks. And then a bomb lands on Chico and you're like, oh my god, he's Chico's dead. But dead. then he like... All of this is also just super confusing to look at just because oh, the quality yeah. is so low. It's really hard to tell what's going on yeah. or like who anyone is. I do I do think that this is more of just like the fact that this movie has not been restored at all. There, there are some things that I think are the movie not being restored and I think this is one of them because it does look absurdly dark and i don't think it's i think it's just that like whatever transfer that they were yeah. using just wasn't clean um because yeah it, it, it's wild how it's so hard unintelligible all of the war stuff is pretty unintelligible um and i think it's mostly because it's it's all in natural lighting as opposed to all the like stage and indoor stuff we've been getting up until now which is lit pretty well even though it's super fuzzy yeah um and, oh, actually, that is something that I think is really important, is that this movie is essentially shot on, like, a huge stage, um, and it shows, but in a way that I think looks really good, like, I think movies these days are so obsessed with, like, we have to scout out a location, and we have to, like, film it inside of this real house to show that it's real, but I, I think there's a lot to be said about building a stage that is a, a sound stage for your film that is exactly what you need it to be. Movies don't really do that anymore, and I, I get why, because it's, it's expensive, um, but I think it's super cool every time a movie does do it. And, um, all of the indoor stuff in this movie still looks really good. And all of the outdoor stuff in this movie that isn't on a stage looks like shit. <laughs> so yeah, he fucking goes blind and like rat, rat's the name of the racist caricature. I don't know if you ever said that. So, you know, just add that to the racist caricature-ness of him is that he doesn't even get a fucking name. Saves Chico, but then dies. And he's like, and he's like, I stole this. Give it back and tell them I'm sorry that I borrowed. And it's like, wow, even in death, this motherfucker doesn't get a break. He doesn't get to be a good person at all. And the Cardinal's like, out of the way. I need to talk to Chico. Yay. Who I remember. Yay. And Chico's like, tell Diane I love her. <laughs> it's true. Doesn't he have a thing that he gives him? Oh, they have these lockets, right? Yeah. This fucking, I completely fucking forgot about this shit, which is that, sorry, which is that, um, that at the beginning of the fucking movie, the Cardinal gives Chico these two fucking holy, they literally call them holy medals. Um, but they're, they're like not, they're like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen these, those like, uh, necklaces that have like a picture of a saint on them. That's basically what they are. Um, but he calls them like holy medallions. So he gives him two of them, and and so Chico uses those in place of rings to like marry Diane. He they just marry each other because they're he's like I'm atheist, so we can just do this. And I'm like yeah, it actually kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, so they they do this thing in the movie where at like eleven o'clock every noon. day. Okay, wait, let's talk about this a little. <laughs> bit Yeah, but no, I want to talk about this because I completely so, forgot about it. So they do this thing where at noon every day, I guess they like prey on these lockets, but. We are led to believe that they do this entirely separate to talking about it. Because we see them do it separately. And both of them are like, yeah, I do this at noon every day. So they know I'm there. And you're like, did you? Didn't you? you they, at no point did they fucking plan this, we though. We literally saw them. Like, saw them, four saw hours the moment, before they left. We and they never, never talk talked about, about it. it. They never planned for it. They both just decide to do it. And, and, and the 
Later uh, in the story... Gobbin essentially explains it to us. Yeah, Gobbin like, is like, they talked about it. And we're like, no, they didn't. I, I, I don't think that's what he says. I think he says that they talked to each other. And so it's kind of framed like they're both talking like to each other. Like they're both psychic? Talking to each other through these medallions like they're fucking new types. God. <laughs> it is just framed like they're psychic. Also, speaking of psychicness, there is a point where when he, like, dies, she, like, faints? She, like, she feels, feels it. it. She's like, no. Except he's not actually dead. So it doesn't make any <laughs> what, sense. What are we doing? No. And also, also, and I, I it's one of those things where... I, I hate it because I do think it's a cool idea. Like they just didn't implement it well. They, they just start praying out of nowhere. They, out of nowhere, they'll both just like walk over to a corner, hold this fucking necklace and just be like, Diane, Chico, heaven. It's like, fuck Gag off. me with a spoon. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, I wish you died. God. And it just, it sucks so much because Diane has nothing besides like her fucking like, adoration of Chico. That is it. That's all she gets. The the only thing that, like, elevates elevates Diane from being just any other lamp is that uh, she is a lamp that is, like, duct taped to this man. So he couldn't get rid of her even if he wanted to. It's true. Um, It's just super gross. Her character makes no sense because she's... Well, she doesn't have a character. Well, she is both, like, framed as being childlikely naive, like, child and naive in a way that's super gross. Like, this movie does such a poor job of being, like, you're lucky she can speak. She's so baby. But also, she's a prostitute. And and it's just so gross. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, the one thing she does for herself is she, like, gives the other woman the soup at some point. And we're led to believe this was a choice she made on her own because Chico doesn't know about it. And you're like, oh, my God. She has basic courtesy skills. Oh, very good. So, um... I mean, I think the one interesting thing about her character is that she decides to go work at this munitions factory, but she does, we don't see her make that choice. She's no. just doing She's it. She's just doing it. There's, like, the creepy cop there, and he's like, I know you have a husband, but would you like to be with me? He hasn't even written to you. He, he says that, like, yeah. right? He, like, he hasn't even written. And then he she's hasn't like, written in, I pray to him every day at noon. I know in my heart that he's still out there. And I it's talk like, to him every day. Yeah. And it's like, you don't even talk to each other. You, you just say each other's name and then uh, heaven. But also the, the audacity of this, I will say the audacity of this fucking other dude, this fucking cop to I be like. I couldn't be with you while you were a prostitute. Like, yeah, but now, but that, now, but but now that you're a wedded woman and like have been purified by this man, I'm super interested. God. But she hot though. And it's so, it is like, it, it's one of those things where like, you know, the movie, the A, the fact that this movie had to go so hard into right field to make this dude like a piece of shit. Yeah. So to make Chico by comparison look at least At least Chico only hit it when it was single. <laughs> so sorry, I forgot a major Chico thing, which is that Chico goes to war and he's super fucking like he's super into it. He's like, "Yeah, let's kill some bitches." I can't wait to move up in the world. I'm the main character. Like, he does not care at all about, like, the horrors of war. No. Or that he's killing people. He's like, I'm the main character. Only I need to live. Oh, man. So yeah. he dies. So he dies. Except he's not actually. Except he's we find blind. out. The the movie is like, God, he's dead. But I'm like. We, we literally spent the last ten minutes of this movie being like, there, there's no way he can be dead, right? And like, sure enough, he comes back. But the the framing of the end of this movie is 
absurd. So, so, Di Diane is at home and she's like really sad. And Gobbit, so a uh, policeman comes over and he's like, your husband is dead. And, and then and Gobbit, no, and no. Then so he comes up, so policeman comes up and he's like, I just heard that your husband's dead. Look at this list of dead people. And she's like, no, it cannot be. And he's like, listen, you should, you should, you want to like bone down right now? Like, is that a thing you're into? And she's like, you should leave me alone. Yeah. And then, and then the vicar comes and he's like, I'm sorry. Your husband is dead. He gave me these medals. He gave me this medallion to give to you. To... And she's like, no, it cannot be. And then Gobbin and his wife show up. And Gobbin's like, I lost my arm in the war, I guess, because it's gone now. It's gone also, now. Also, your husband's so dead. So I have to salute with my other arm. And she's like, no, it is true. My husband is dead. And then she like collapses into a chair. And they're all like cheering because the war is done, but she's sad in the corner. Oh, that's right. Like in the middle of her being sad that her husband is dead, they like are like, Armistice has been signed and everybody in the room with her it's starts cheering. And while everybody's cheering, uh, the vicar comes over to her. And she's like, I always believed in God, but now my faith is dead. And he says the absolute worst thing anybody, every, but everybody who has had a friend who is Christian has had this happen to them when, like, a loved one passes away. And, which is that he tells her, well, God works in mysterious ways. Well, you know what? Fuck off. Fuck you. Get she's the fuck out of here. She's been religious her whole life. You've never supported her. You stepped over her when she was like suicidal in a gutter. Get out. God has literally never helped God, this woman. God does not give a shit about this woman. God gives a shit about Chico. And because Chico gives a shit about this woman, God's like, well, I guess. Yeah. But also, it is such a, such an insensitive thing to say to somebody. Like, God wanted them to die, okay? And... Like, don't you can't be sad about it because it's what God wanted. It's and like, one of the only moments she gets to actually act... In this movie, she gets really upset and she like starts like hitting the vicar and she's like, I hate the God, fuck God, and it's cool. And then uh, the gross cop man like gropes her and hugs her to his side and is like literally like fondling this woman. Cop retaining a whole hug hold. Like, yeah. oh, she's she's clearly going insane. Yeah, he's just like holding this woman to his side in a way that is super gross. And I Especially... guess she's chill with it though because she like lays her arm on his chest and she's like, Chica. And, I mean, it's especially gross because earlier she's like, hey, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. And, like, he's still there. Yeah. Um, but, it's, like, it's but, super oh, creepy oh, who's bad. on the way? It's Chico. He's blind. So he can't see, but he's, like, running through this crowd of people. How the fuck did he get here? Who's to say? Who's to say? Who cares? All that matters is that he's here now. And there is an amazing shot of him trying to run up these stairs. Uh, and at one point... He like leans like because the shot is of the stairwell, which is spiral going down the stairwell. Yeah. And at one point you see him running all the way up these stairs, which is a bit egregious. But at one point he like leans over the banister to look straight up through the center of the stairwell. And it looks so good to just see like his eyes bugging out, but like not focusing on anything. And he's just like yelling like, ah, I, I would love to see that in a better movie. It's yeah. really cool. Steal that shot if you're making one. It's just that he hasn't earned any of this. No, absolutely not. Uh, so, like, d our lamp is being, like, handed off to another man. She seems pretty chill with it, honestly. Now that she's sad, she's, like, accepted it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, and Chico finally gets to the upper staircase. And he's like, Diane! And she's like, oh, Chico! Still being held by this other man. She, like, pushes him out the window. 
I wish. No, right, no. I know. But no, she like runs over to Chico and everybody's like, <gasps> gasp. But also Chico doesn't know that they're there because yeah. he's blind. <laughs> and none of them do anything to make themselves known. That's they true. just watch Diane run over and start like crying on his dick. And he's it's like, true. and he's like, she like falls to her knees and is just like roping his pants. And, and like, this is like pretty old timey clothing, but like you could, you could, there's, see, you could see, there's his, some you could see is it's like, it's, it's weird. It's, it's such, it's weird. It's weird that it focuses there. It, it is weird that it focuses there and that it goes on for so long. Like, and, and don't get me wrong. Part of the problem is that like the guy who plays Chico is like an absolute massive human being. And the woman who plays Diane is like the smallest mouse I have ever seen. Um, but it's wild. So she's just like crying on his pelvis and he's like, Diane, I am a remarkable man. I cannot die. I've done it. I've cheated death itself. Nothing can stop me now. And also he believes in God. Also, he believes in God now. And he's like, I'm going to, my eyesight's going to get better. Uh, I think he says, I love, I love you at this point. Yeah. He says it again. He's like, um, I love you. I love you. And, 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 and even, and it, even if I can't see, and she says, Oh no. And then he's like, and it's better this way. Cause I oh, can always right, right. remember you. How, how I saw you before how I, I saw you before I died, which really just reads as like, I never have to watch you get ugly. You'll always yeah. be like 20 in my brain. Uh, and her response to that is, don't worry, I'll, I can be, your, be eyes. your eyes. And then the movie ends. Oh, right. The guy <laughs> is like, God is real and only the blind can see, see? that. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Only the blind can see God and then fucking slut. Like we're done. It's over. And the end slut. Which is, I think, Swedish or Finnish for the end. Yeah. I don't remember. Here's a question for you. Gotcha. Do you know how much, do you know how old these actors are compared to each other? Uh, it's, it's time for the game. The game. The game. She's really small and he's pretty tall. I want to say he's like 30 and she's like 18 because she's just so tiny. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, at the time of making this movie... Um, Janet Gaynor was born in 1906, which means mm -hmm. she was 21. Okay, I was pretty close to her age. And Charles Farrell was 27 years old. He was born in 1900, so he was five years older than her. That's not that bad. He was six years older than her. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. Um, I was pretty close. I feel like this is the closest I've been yet. Yeah, 21 to 27, I think it's fine. I also think it's fine. You're playing in, like, kind of dangerous territory. I think it's it, fine. Um, but yeah, it's it's fine. Like it's definitely like I said, we're gonna we're gonna get to a point where it, like this it's age gap egregious. is gonna get super fucking like yeah. terrible. Um, it's gonna be like she was eighteen and he was fifty seven. Yeah, like, I think I think five or six years. And is this fine. thirty year old woman played his mom. Like she was twenty one. She was of the age of consent. She could drink alcohol. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. She's um. Um. I think age of consent for alcohol back then was nineteen. Be where was there there? I don't think there were any like other ethnicities in this movie besides no. that one like racial one no there was no black people there which was, was wild because no we're in france people. uh i don't think there was like anyone else who wasn't just parisian or that one guy who was maybe supposed to be jewish yeah no there i i would i would say there were like no minorities in this yeah. movie at all it was just um yeah it was just a bunch of white people um Mostly one white dude. Mm -hmm. Mostly one white dude. Yeah, it, it, it was um, 
And even like I don't know, even like the the amount of women in this movie is I think like three, right? I, yeah, it's the, the abusive sister, sister, the main character, and the pregnant wife. And you get the their aunt right for the, like two seconds. She's in there for two. But seconds. She doesn't even get to like adopt her children who she, she loves yeah, because she, the uncle is like, no, they are unclean. Yeah, I, 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 honey, you know I only take care of virgins. And it's like you're fucking weirdo, dude. I don't understand why this story exists. This this movie is like so far below the quality of Wings. Not only that, but I do think like I think this story really reads to me as a story that was not written by like anyone near poverty. No, I don't think so. It very much seems like a story about something they saw out their window, and they were like, "That would be interesting." God, wouldn't this be a fun story? Well, it, it's. It very much seems to just be like the trappings. It, I mean, I don't know. You, you see this today, right? Where like a movie comes out and it's given all of this, like, fu- or a book comes out and it's given all of this, like, like praise because it's portraying like a real story that nobody yeah. wants to read. And then you like do a little bit of reading on it, and it's like, oh, the person who wrote this has no has no interaction with this lifestyle, had no yeah. interaction with this type with this with this story at all other than they thought somebody should write it. Like, oh, but somebody should have written this story. And it's like, well, then it didn't have to fucking be you. Yeah. Like, guess what? Like, if somebody had to write it, you're not that somebody. And I feel like this movie is definitely a big case of it. And you see so many award-winning movies that are, like, slavery that were written and directed by white people, right? Like, you can't, like, every time that that happens, it's like, you can't do that. You can't reward this. this, They're not the people to tell this story. And also, they tend to, like, you you have that problem of the story being told in such a way where, like, it's kind of, it's enforcing a lot of what these people think of poverty to be true. Yeah. (sighs) So, it's one of those, I, I think this movie, really, I didn't expect it to get to this point this fast. Yeah, this movie... Uh, I'm, fucking sucks. I'm really hoping... This is an awful thing to watch. I'm really hoping that the next one is better, but now, I don't know, it really could go either way. Wings was... Wings was fun? I would say Wings was good. I'm, I'm changing my tone on it now. Like, I would say I Wings I don't think Wings is good. good. I think Wings is just fun. You know what I'll say? Wings is fucking watchable. Yeah. We, we advise, and we stand by it. That you can watch Wings with, like, a group of friends. You should not watch this movie. This, this movie, movie doesn't is... deserve an Academy Award. No. This movie deserves to be burned in a fire. This, this movie... movie doesn't deserve to be ever watched again. Yeah, this this movie has no... Redeeming qualities. No, I... I... You can use the stair shot scene and just call it your own, honestly. Yeah, just steal, steal the stair... Steal the shot of the movie where he's, like, walking up the stairs. Um, everything else I can throw away. Like, fuck this movie. This movie sucks. This uh, movie's so but... bad. Um, what was your favorite scene in this movie? Oh, fuck me. Well, I mean, I've talked about it so much. Um, but I think the scene where he, uh, threatens to kill... No. (laughs) 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 Where he just holds this... Actually, no. I do think that the scene where he saves Diane and he straight up picks up her sister and threatens to, like, dip her into the sewer like she's a fucking paleta going into chocolate. Like, just, I'll fucking do it. I'll fucking let you die is from such a different movie. Like, this is our hero. This is his heroic moment, and he is threatening to murder this woman. I think he even literally says, like, if you cu- if I see you again, I will cut out your gizzard and eat it. And I'm just like, yeah. holy shit, dude. Oh uh, my god, dial it back. I think... He, like, turns into Liam Neeson from Taken. He's like, I've got a very particular set of skills. <laughs> and I it's can, killing it's women. It's killing women and cleaning sewers. Which, I guess, is also <laughs> Liam Neeson's deal, right? 
Uh, Fuck. It's so wild. It's like the first five minutes in the movie. It's true. And I was like, oh, this movie's going to be bad. Uh, I think my favorite scene is Chico's first day at the job and like Gobin has come and picked him up. It's like, let's go to work, friend. And so Chico's like, yeah, let's go to work. And he looks over at him. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Aren't you going to kiss your wife? What a fucking dick. What a piece of shit you are not kissing your wife. Not kissing your wife goodbye. And this is like the crux that makes them like, I guess, start falling in love. But I just love Gobbin being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't love your wife? Do you not You're love your wife? You're a piece of shit. What kind of a man doesn't kiss his wife? Which is fair. Yeah, and I think I think that was the moment where I was like, oh my god, one of these characters is at least kind of likable. Gobbin might think his wife is an idiot, but at least he loves her. At least he loves his wife. Yeah. Uh, we've been your critics. You can find me at Allegory Awkward on Twitter. Uh, and you can find me at Royalty underscore Valance. Next time, we're watching the 1930 Academy Award winning Best Picture, The Broadway Melody. Delightful. Our first musical. I, I believe it is. I believe it is a musical. Which, uh, oof, I love musicals and I I'm excited. So much. I hate them so much. I'm not going to like this musical, but that doesn't change my love for them. For them. I, I don't know why you love musicals. I feel like every time we talk about musicals, you talk about how much you hate this one. I hate this one, but it's like... Musicals are like anime. 90% of it is bad, but there's that 10% that's really good. coworkers the other day said uh that he was uh because we were making lunch and he was like i'm really sad because i have to eat this nasty pizza and my instant response to that was god i would love to order pizza from a place called nasty pizza <laughs> i guess his um wife is like doing like a gluten-free diet thing gross so he is supporting her but she, god he fucking hates it <laughs> he's like yeah. it, nothing tastes good and i'm like yeah dog um Glu- like you know even, I- even my sister who's gluten intolerant will still just eat a raw steak she'll be like clear my calendar i'm eating steak on monday and not recovering till saturday <laughs>